Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Today is from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 36 through 48. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Yet for all their joy, they were still disbelieving and wondering. And he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They, have, um, they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Gina. Huh. Well, we have been in a sermon series that we're continuing. Um, we're just going to continue it all the way through Mother's Day since um, we'll be a little displaced for some time and uh, we'll want people to know what we're doing and how to follow along with us. And so we figured we'd keep it the same. Um, but we're, we'll continue it. It's just there's so many. We could continue this all the way through the end of the year because Jesus asked 163 questions and we're only tackling like, you know, 12 of them. So um, it's... Uh, I've really enjoyed this, actually. I've enjoyed preaching it. Um, it's different. I, you know, I never know where it's going to take me because it's a question, and it can take you anywhere. Um, so Easter morning was just one week ago, one week ago, and it was glorious. Like, who was here for it? It was glorious, wasn't it? It was beautiful. It was wonderful. We had just, we had, like, not only had a concert cellist, we had a violinist, we had a, a trumpeter. Um, we baptized a beautiful baby and we, uh, we filled the space at like 9am. So glad I ordered 200 shares. It was full. Um, so such a festive morning. It was, it was the easiest thing in the world to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead last Sunday, that life reigns eternal after death, that the kingdom of God will 
will have a final say over the powers of this world. It was easy to believe. That was just one week ago. But then I noticed when I woke up on Easter morning and I turned on the news, not much had changed in the world. Why are you frightened and full of doubt, Jesus asks. A cold but eventually sunny morning, last Sunday was, and a beautiful flowers and Gina's always beautiful altar that somehow comes together last minute so spectacularly. It held all the images of the resurrection just one week ago. And then about Wednesday of this week, I had coffee with one of you who said, Easter morning was great and all, I was there but I sure wish the risen Christ would give me a job, right? Of of course you said that to me with nervous laughter, um, but I could sense that understandable fear of the future, your doubts about what was going to happen after you walked out the office on May 15th. Why are you frightened and so full of doubt? Jesus asks. Luke's gospel tells us today what happens for the disciples on that Easter Monday. They didn't turn on the news on Easter Monday to find that the world hadn't changed much and they didn't, they didn't fret um, or make tongue-in-cheek jokes um, about unemployment. But, but Luke describes what happens to those disciples on Easter, on Easter Monday. Unlike Mark's gospel, Jesus does not appear to the women at the tomb in Luke's gospel. Rather, he appears later in the day to two disciples on the road to Emmaus, where they have this conversation with Jesus, thinking that he's a stranger in town before recognizing him and breaking the bread together and sharing this afternoon meal together. And two Emmaus Road disciples, they go back to the others and tell them what happened. It's then in the midst of their conversation about the Emmaus Road events that Jesus appears to all of them. And if, you, if you've ever doubted, if you have ever been troubled, or, or have even been afraid of the events of Easter, you are in good company with these original disciples because Luke tells us Jesus appears in their midst right in the middle of a conversation about his resurrection, and they are completely frightened and terrified. And even after he says to them, my peace be with you, the first words out of Jesus' mouth, his disciples think they are seeing a ghost. A ghost. In, In other words, they think he is still dead. The disciples know that ghosts aren't alive right? Ghosts are apparitions, uh, visions, images of the dead. Ghosts say boo, and they clank around in dusty, creaky closets and big stone churches. And most importantly, ghosts don't have bodies. Since in their fear and doubt, Jesus does the only thing he can do to show them who he is then. He says, look at my body. Look where the Romans drove their nails through my flesh and blood. Look at these scars. Look at these hands, the hands that, that called you to follow me. 
the hands that healed the hurting, the hands that fed the 5,000, the hands that broke bread just on Thursday and passed the cup at the Last Supper and the hands that washed your feet two nights ago. These hands, touch these hands. It is me, he says. Ghosts do not have flesh and bones as I do. Easter is in Jesus' hands. Why are you frightened and so full of doubt? During the Easter season, we as the church, we make this bold claim. We say that we believe in the resurrection of the body. You know, that's a little line in the Apostles' Creed. We believe in the resurrection of the body. Easter is not this spiritual resurrection that that hovers over and above the earthy and gritty and messy and difficult life in this world. Easter is not merely about what happens when we die and what it means to live with, with God forever. The resurrection of the body is this physical resurrection And Jesus comes to his disciples, not as a ghost, but with flesh and blood and sinews and bones, hands outstretched. Easter means that Jesus cares deeply about the intimate details of our daily physical bodily lives. Easter is not just in heaven. Easter is everywhere. Easter means that bodies matter. We don't believe in in eternal souls that that waft up to heaven like angelic clouds in in mist. Jesus' body mattered to God. And, And our bodies matter to God. And everyone else's body matters to God. And on some level, we are... We are more than our bodies, and those of a certain age understand this better than than others of us. At some times, our our bodies fail us, and that is frightening and and doubt-producing. When I I was a student, I would get sick like clockwork every December and May. It was my body's way of saying, of taking revenge on me almost and saying, please don't ever do that again, right? When, when Alzheimer's stalks a loved one or, or a friend falls into a coma, deep down we know that they are more than the body staring back at us with vacant eyes. We know that. When a loved one develops a disability and the doctor have no explanation, there, there may be some comfort in knowing that that we are more than a mere body, more than just what others can see and touch. The most difficult trials in our lives often come when our bodies let us down, right? Or break down before we are ready, when the spirit is willing and the flesh is so weak. And when our body is weak, we are frightened and so full of doubt And in those times, it's soothing to know that we are also heart and mind and soul and passion and love and hopes and dreams, right? And and a thousand other intangible things that will help define us in all of the beauty and the brokenness and complexity and mystery so that our body does not get the final vote 
And at those times, thank God, we are more than our bodies. But even as we are, are more than our bodies, our bodies are very much who we are. Our bodies are this gift from God. Why are you frightened and full of doubt? When God gave his greatest gift to the world, God came in the flesh of a baby. And when God raised Jesus on Easter morning, he raised him in his body. Heads and arms and torsos and brains and legs and hands and stomachs, all a testament to Easter. Gifts to experience the goodness and joy of being alive and interacting with others. Our stomachs are, are a special gift needed. God was very wise when, when he gave us our, our, our stomachs to experience life as any like five-year-old or six, 65-year-old before a birthday cake can testify to. Like in this story, the first thing Jesus says to his disciples after he shows his hands and feet inside is like, do you have something to eat, Right. How about some like broiled mahi-mahi, he thinks. Uh, being dead makes one hungry, you know? Like Jesus' body, our bodies often tell the, the story of who we are and where we've come from. Like th the scar from that fifth grade bicycle accident. Or, um, <laughs> or that bashful tattoo we got that one night. Um, or the, the brown hair from our mother's side of the family the cleft chin from our father's side of the family, or the way you cry at weddings and sappy movies and laugh at Lucy and Snoopy and the meal you suddenly discovered looking across the, the table where you fell in love and life would never be the same and that, that expression that came across your face then. And when we think of those we love, we often think of them in their quirky little bodies, their saunter across the room that defines them, right? Their goofy grin, the way their hair is always a bit too long or always a bit too short or the way they, they hug you really tight and the way that you need to be hugged. These are all the gifts that come to us because we live embodied lives. And we say we believe in the resurrection of the body. We believe that Easter is physical. And Easter is everywhere there are bodies. So then why are you frightened and full of doubt? Jesus asks. And because we believe in the resurrection of the body, it matters how we treat our bodies, right? It also matters that God loves these bodies, no matter how flawed they are. God created your body. Does that make you uncomfortable for me to look at your, in your eyes and say that? God created your body wonderfully, lavishly, graciously. God loves your body. God treasures every nook and cranny of it. Does that make you uncomfortable to hear that? And that is why God grieves when your body is mistreated. That is why God grieves over everybody and, and anybody anywhere who does not get enough to eat or any person who is decayed in disease, every body tortured by, by drugs and alcohol, every, every body 
struggling with an eating disorder or anxiety, God grieves over every body wounded by violence, every body that is sexually abused, every body that is malnourished, every body that is, that is lonely and frightened, and God grieves over the sufferings of God's own son and his pierced, bleeding body and all of his sons, sisters, and brothers and siblings who know something of what it might be in this world to be crucified. But today we get a story of what happens just after Easter when Jesus comes to his frightened and doubting disciples and bears his body to him, to them, his hands and his feet and his wounds and his scars and his side. And then Jesus opens the scriptures to them and he reminds them of God's relationship to Israel and then the creative and liberating story of the Old Testament and the law of Moses and the voice of the prophets and the wisdom of the Psalms and his own life and death and resurrection. And then he does something very curious. He says, Easter is up to you now. Why are you frightened and so full of doubt? Easter is up to you. You disciples are the ones who will write the next chapter of my story. As I have given my hands and feet to you, so you must give your hands and feet to others. In your lives, my life will be revealed. You are my body now. The body of Christ, you will bear witness to my love and my desire and my concern for everybody. You are to embody my life in the world to take care of other people's bodies as I have taken care of your body. You are the ones who will carry on the ministry of my hands. Why are you frightened and so full of doubt then? You are the ones who will comfort those bodies that are sad and lonely You are the ones who will feed the hungry and heal the sick. You're the ones who will reach out to those who don't believe they are worthy of love. The ones who have been abused, forgotten, told a different story about themselves. You are the body of Christ. Witnesses to the resurrection, conduits of Easter. So do not fear. Do not doubt. For wherever you are, there will be Easter. This is why one of my favorite quotes of all the saints is from Teresa of Avila who said, Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which to look at Christ's compassion to the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good in the world. Yours are the hands with which he is to bless us now. Why are you frightened and so full of doubt? Easter is in your hands. Would you pray with me? And so, God, when we um, turn on the news and we contemplate what is ahead in our lives, whatever is giving us anxiety right now,
before <laughs> if we've already turned away from Easter as if it's something that happened last week. And we've gone about our, our, the rest of our lives now. Um, we feast on this knowledge that Easter is in our hands. Hope is in our hands. We cannot be the body of Christ without first the resurrection of the body. Jesus is, God, you are real. You, in Jesus, you were real flesh and blood before us. And that is only what makes it possible for us to be flesh and blood at work through you, with you in us and moving through us in the world. And so, God, we today just hang on that good news, that whatever is is taking away our hope, whatever is stealing our joy, whatever is giving us anxiety for the future, that we can, we can hear Jesus' question, why are you frightened? Why do you have doubt? Because we know that, that Christ has empowered us to be that hope in the world. We know that Jesus has given us everything we need to move through whatever is ahead. God, thank you for making us conduits of Easter. What a responsibility that is. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.